Hey, and welcome to the Marketing Automation Podcast by Active Demand, your weekly dip into the world of marketing automation, where you get tips for your agency, SaaS product, or B2B company. I'm your host, Adriel, and why don't we get it started? My guest today is Cam Martell. Cam is Manager of SEO and Content Solutions at Pod Marketing, a digital marketing agency in Calgary. Welcome to the show, Cam. Hello, thanks for having me. So now that I got another SEO guy on the on the show, I got to ask you a question that's on everyone's minds, and I think it comes up every year. Cam, is SEO dead? He, actually, I believe it is, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I, Look, I guess I'm out of a job. No. <laughs> Listen, I get that question a lot. Um, I speak a lot at marketing conferences. I work with a lot of small business owners. I work with a lot of like content website owners. And inevitably, when they talk to me, uh, it's usually prepended by an invoice, right? So I get this question, you know, is SEO dead? Is Google going to change his mind next week and, and whatever? SEO is, as, be, as has been practiced uh, is dead. I believe that emphatically so. Uh, I think SEO has evolved. Right. And you can agree with me on that, I'm sure. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. You've definitely seen the evolution as, as we've been going along here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, as long as there's a search engine, as long as there's a method of search, there's going to be a way to optimize your properties to appear in that search. But um, search engine optimization for a long time has been this kind of black box of a process, right? You put money in one end and you don't know what happens inside of it, but hopefully on the other end, you know, money spits out in the form of new customers, new leads. Uh, and I, I think that as a, as a model is dead and, and honestly, rightfully so. Yeah. I think a lot of the techniques weren't really adding much value to, uh, uh, to what the user or prospect was, was looking for. And I think that, uh, yeah, when you think of SEO these days, it's not just keyword stuffing, a, a page and, and putting white text on a white background <laughs> and jamming it in there and making sure you have your keyword density, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> way up there. It's, uh, you know, that stuff's all, uh, all pretty toast, even though some tools still report on keyword density and all this kind of stuff like it, like it makes a difference, right? You know, it's really funny, actually, that you're talking about keyword density. Uh, just a couple of days ago, a client of mine was, was asking me about keyword density and like what my target keyword density was. Uh, I hope that person doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't want them to feel like I'm, I'm harping on them. But what it, what it, what it did actually emphasize to me is that there is still this very pervasive myth that keywords on a page matter and they do, but they don't, they, they matter in, until they don't. And that's usually the third word they stop mattering. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, through your H1 tag and through your meta title, you are establishing the authority of that or the, uh, sorry, the topic of that page in the eyes of Google. So you don't need to keep hammering it home. It'd be like if you went and saw a doctor and every two seconds, the doctor reminded you that, Hey, yes, in fact, I am a doctor. Right. But you know, <laughs> you know how that joke, the old SEO joke goes, right? Um, no. Can I tell the joke? I, I, you, you have to. Yeah. Okay. So an SEO walks into a bar, a pub, a restaurant. <laughs> A tavern. I thought, that, in. I thought that was the one you're going to go for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those th those days are kind of dead, right? Um, there, there's a new type of SEO. I call it S-double-E-O. Uh, and it, it, it emphasizes content heavily, right? Subject, engage, empathize, and then provide a meaningful opportunity for a next step, S-double-E-O. Um, and that's what I've been preaching for a while now. Awesome. Uh, so what are some of the myths about, uh, you know, you, you use active demand at, uh, at pod, what are some of the myths around SEO and, and marketing automation that you still hear from cu customers out there? 
the biggest thing that I hear from people is they don't understand how those two things can be compatible, right? Um, mm. I thought if, you know, I thought for SEO to work, for example, the content on the page needs to be static. And so doesn't dynamic content kind of mess with that? Um, or my, my favorite one, and I hear this a lot, and there's no doubt that you do as well. Um, if we're switching phone numbers out for call tracking numbers, what does that do to my SEO, right? Um, and I love that question. I hate that question. But I love that question because it tells me that my clients and, and the stakeholders I work with are engaged enough to know to know to ask that question, right? Um, but I hate that question because it, it, again, it emphasizes this fallacy that, you know, your website's this monolithic thing that Google will somehow like build this familiarity with and then never change it after that because if you do, Google will spaz, right? Um, <laughs> it also indicates a, a misunderstanding of how marketing automation works with respect to like on-site changes, right? So like, you know, I don't think that marketing automation is incompatible with SEO. I, in fact, I think good marketing automation empowers SEO, particularly when you look at um, off-site lead generation qualification, even like even email campaigns, personalizing the experience on a landing page, for example, is going to boost the indirect metrics that are good for SEO, right? It might keep somebody on a page longer. It might uh, lengthen dwell time on a page and all those kinds of things. And those are all things that I know will benefit. SEO, but how can those things benefit SEO, but marketing automation be incompatible with it? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So you're talking about how um, you can use a personalization on page to improve the experience, hold the person for longer, and improve some of those uh, those offsite metrics. So Google sees someone search for a term, that person goes to your website. Your website's very personalized and customized to the to the user. Uh, it gives them a good experience. They don't go back to Google immediately and start searching for this exact same thing again, right? They stay there for a while and maybe they convert, right? That is a much more articulate way of saying exactly what. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always got to do like the the uh, uh, good po- good cop bad cop and uh, have have another explanation of, of some of this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So that's one one way that you use uh, marketing automation to to I guess improve conversion rate, improve dwell time on on the site, so that uh, Google sees you as a as a better site or, or a better destination to send users. Um, I, you know, one question I have that uh, I think a lot of clients and, and customers out there might be wondering about is, is landing pages. Uh, when should or shouldn't you use that? I'm going to like throw you, you can't see it, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing bunny ears here. When should or shouldn't you use landing pages with a marketing automation platform? Every page is a landing page. Um, that's part of what I meant when I said SEO has been changing, right? Um, every page now should be treated that way. It should have an objective goal and a purpose. Um, and if we think about what that goal and purpose is more and more today for business owners, that's conversions. And that is, you know, providing the user with a great next step, whether that's booking a call or requesting more information, submitting an email for a download or whatever. Um, I think your landing page strategy needs to emphasize whatever the goal is, and you should have one. And then when you look at, how you build that landing page relative to, and now I'm using bunny ears, um, a normal page. Um, I would argue that if you do it properly, there really isn't much of a difference from the user point of view. The experience should be fluid and awesome. And where we like to use uh, our automation tools for our landing pages is again, to enhance that experience. Um, from an SEO perspective, you should always be split testing. And I can't think of a better way to do that than mm-hmm. with automation software that empowers me to, to split test and then ratify those changes more permanently across the site if I want, right? Um, 
Does that answer your question or am I just rambling about things that I think sound good, but aren't actually relevant? No, no, that's, that's totally <laughs> answering. Like, so, um, uh, I think, yeah, one of the, one of the cool things, uh, I get out of, uh, marketing automation and, and technology on websites in general is just like you said, their AB split testing is, uh, is one of those amazing things. Uh, when, when should you use like a, a page in like your traditional CMS, uh, like let's say you're using WordPress, when should, when, when would you choose to use a page in WordPress versus using, having the page hosted in, a, a uh, market automation platform like ActiveMed? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I So, okay, let's qualify this by saying that I am providing kind of a biased perspective, obviously, given that my, my focus is content and SEO, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to use landing pages. And I should qualify. I work with our marketing science team quite a bit. So it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying they know more. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I like to use landing pages when I'm testing new ideas, concepts, headlines, when I want to be able to change the offer quickly, or if the offer is targeted to a micro group, and I don't necessarily want that being discovered through the rest of the website. I like to use uh, automation hosted landing pages in particular, when we have a lot of different ideas about what might enhance a campaign or a messaging, or if we're just not 100% sure on what those things are, and we want the marketing automation software to indicate to us, which is likely to perform better. In those scenarios where you're making rapid fire change or uh, where maybe the, the message is very specific, it's very targeted and shouldn't be a general message. That is when I, I mean, I for 100% would go towards uh, software that would facilitate the landing page process. Active Demand does a good job of that, right? As, as I'm sure you are aware um, mm-hmm. of allowing us to like rapid fire iterate. Um, and we don't have to worry about the potential impact to rankings at that time, right? We can kind of make changes easy breezy um, and there's not really a negative to doing it. It becomes a negative to doing it when you try and marry it with a static page on a website where now you have you have total control over the page. What you have less control over is actually who's on the page. And what I mean by that is if a Google search bot lands on a page and crawls it while you're in the middle of making changes to it, um, that's going to have an influence, right? And I, mm. I personally am very cautious when it comes to making changes to uh, the on-site experience, especially when it's a client website. And if something bad were to happen, it would impact their business negatively, right? Being very cognizant of the actual impacts to the business. Um, we tend to be more cautious with that. Meaning all our creative, interesting kind of whatever ideas go on the LPs, we test, we validate them, we get immediate data back that indicates whether or not we're making good decisions. And those will then influence what we do with the static pages. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a that's a great strategy of uh, quick iteration on the pages where you can, and then uh, deploying uh, in the in the more permanent permanent our websites permanent per more more permanent <laughs> I guess than than the landing pages. Um, so one of the things that that uh, I was kind of thinking about was a lot of a lot of really good SEO is difficult to automate. But uh, what kind of tasks out there that that uh, that are traditionally under the SEO scope do you see automation in helping with? The, my favorite one is review curation, actually. I know that's probably not what you were thinking I was going to say, but it's what I'm saying. Hmm. Review curation. So look, um, using, so when, and we actually do this extensively. We call this survey nurture. It's our, it's our survey nurture mm-hmm. product and it's powered by active demand. And basically the way it works is after you complete a desired action, you get added to a list. You get asked how your satisfaction was. And based on your response, we will try and direct your next step based on the experience you had. You know what I mean? If you had a really great experience, we want you to share that review. And if we want more reviews on mm-hmm. Google or Facebook or whatever, we're going to try and direct you over there. And obviously we're compliant with the review platforms terms of service while doing this. We're not doing anything shady. Um, 
But generally speaking, if you've had a great experience, you're probably not super inclined to run around and tell the world about how great your experience was. But I've, we've learned that if we ask you, you might. Uh, and we use Active Demand um, to power that. So Active Demand, we, we add these people to an email sequence that basically just gently, but is fairly persistent asking for that review up until a point. Eventually, we get the hint and we just go away, right? But that's a process yeah. that to do manually becomes very laborious. You have to have a spreadsheet open. You have to have you know tabs on when you've reached out to people and what you said. And like, and like, and, and like Granted, that's worst case scenario laborious, but it is a reality. Whereas Active Demand, it's a button that I press and then I don't have to worry about it. The reviews come in uh, and that benefits, obviously, SEO from a reputation management perspective. Yeah, um, I think a lot of businesses out there, that's one thing that they struggle with is getting enough like real, honest customer reviews. And this sounds like a, a really great way of, of uh, generating a lot of, of those consistently, consistently right. asking those clients and, and getting those out. That's only half the value of it, though. The other half of the value is if somebody didn't have a wonderful experience, this system flags that it catches that and then directs that person's you know over now to uh, a priority service uh, queue right so I, or that's a very technical way of saying if you got a crappy review from somebody and they're unhappy it's going to send that review and that email over to the person most able to resolve the situation so it becomes a way to provide you know even better experience uh, and sorry and even better experience for your customers right for those that for whatever reason, I mean, b things happen in business. The service misses, the product broke, uh, maybe you were late on a call. Who knows what? But something happens, and that has a, that person has a bad review. But you don't, you as the business owner or as the general manager or operations manager, you often don't hear about those situations until after it's too late to resolve it. Whereas with Survey Nurture, we actually provide an, an excellent interception point that allows you to engage with that person and hopefully turn that experience around and you catch it when it's still valuable to that person. It's not weeks later that you're reading about it. It's right as it's happening, you're getting looped in. And I think that's, you know, as, as a business owner myself and as an entrepreneur, like that's tremendously valuable because it gives me a direct line to the feedback that I need to hear. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and they're they're making mention of uh, a lot of businesses in a, inside a lot of businesses. Bad news travels slow, and the problem with that is that if a customer is unhappy, there's probably some people in the business that know, but they're not telling their boss, or maybe they're just not asking, but they really know deep down. Whereas surfacing this kind of stuff and getting it in the hands of the people who need to get that information is so valuable. It's so valuable to accelerate the speed of bad news getting to you so you can do something about it. And you're, you don't just have your head in the sand about uh, customers having a bad time. Totally agree. It's a... Uh... It's it's a it's a it's a cost effective and valuable lifeline. I've I've never met anybody who's used Survey Nurture for you know an appreciable length of time that wants to turn it off. I guess yeah, that would definitely prove the value in uh, in setting up an automation like that. Well, uh, Cam, it's it's been a real pleasure. I think we could we could go on uh, all day if <laughs> if we wanted to here, but uh, we're coming up on fifteen minutes. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us about Pod Marketing and the other stuff you've got going on? Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, Pod Marketing founded in 2014 right here in Calgary, Alberta, uh, serving clients all over the world, although we are focused on North America primarily. Um, I was employee number one. I'm very proud of that. I'm proud to still be here. Um, it's a wonderful place to work. It's got a great company culture and the company culture is, is very focused on open, honest communication, transparency with clients and accountability. Those values, you hear them a lot. In, in, in agencies, but uh, it's very rare that an agency lives those values quite like we do. There's no contracts, there's no BS, there's no whatever. So we, we, you'll hear our company founder often say, 
and to new to new employees and to new customers alike, we have to earn our clients' business and trust every month, right? And if we don't do a good job of that, they have no obligation to stay with us. So we we kind of live and thrive or, or or dive based on the uh, experience we provide our clients. So that's us. That's Pod, a full service digital agency. I'm the SEO and content geek. All I do is talk about words and rankings all day. Look at spreadsheets by night. Um, I I like to think that. Google the SERPs. That's my uh, moral fight. I'm going to rhyme this whole thing if you let me. <laughs> um, no, we're, you know, like, look, I, what I don't want to do is sit here and talk about why somebody should hire us. But if you're looking for an agency, we're probably the one you want. Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And it's been great having you on. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for the opportunity and for the opportunity to chat about SEO for the last 17 minutes and five seconds. <laughs> thanks for listening this week. If you think someone else at your company should listen to this podcast, send them the link activedemand.com forward slash podcast. We've also got lots of great articles on our blog that go into really specific in-depth topics to help you out. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, shoot us an email at support at activedemand.com or send us a tweet. Thanks again for listening and have a killer day making your business better through automation.